Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode we have a Netflix 213th film from 2020. It's the Hindi thriller drama Guilty. Directed by Ruchi Narain, it stars Kiara Advani, Akansha Ranjan Kapoor, Gurufet Singh Pranza, and Tahir Shabir. I'm Jesse and I'm writing solo for this podcast so um hopefully you're going to enjoy what i've got to say about guilty if you haven't heard of this film or you're interested in checking it out and seeing what it's all about jump onto netflix search for guilty the 2020 version not the jake gyllenhaal uh version from 2021 or 2022 i can't remember what year that was um but yeah if you're interested check it out because i'm going to spoil this um as we go and talk about this film and i'm going to start with the fast flicks where we do a quick little summary of what the film is all about so this is about a privileged male who is accused of rape and his family hire an investigator to clear his name but the impact on the victims is something that this film definitely touches on and discusses so let's talk about this film with some of the international films it's tricky very hard to find anything about this film and i guess the the easiest way to start this off is that there are statistics at the end of the film and and this the statistics state a year after me too broken india everyone who was called out is back at work and at parties meanwhile 95 percent of rapists in india are still not convicted 97 percent of rapists are known to the victims of this we are all equally guilty so this film touches on the the, the me too me too movement and its impact on India and how it's being felt um, in that circle. So there is a mid-credit scene in this film as well, so that's just something to check out if you do watch this film. Other than that, um, the only other thing I can find were some translations on this film. So in Argentina, it's called Culpable. In Brazil, it's called Whose Fault Is It? In Greece, it's Who's to Blame? And in Vietnam, it's Who is a Sinner? So obviously, this film, Guilty, is we're trying to discuss who's, who's guilty for these crimes, um, and, and the film does a, a job of discussing all sides of the story for this. Um, it was filmed in Mumbai and New Delhi, and it was released on Netflix on the 6th of March, 2020. It was nominated for a total of eight awards across uh, film festivals and awards. So it won three. It won the Best Actress by Critics at the Dada Shahib Palak Film Festival for Kiara Advani, who plays the main character in this. It also won the Most Popular Digital Film on the Web at the IWM Digital Awards, and it won the award for Best Actor for Kiana Advani in a Drama and Thriller at the Talent Track Awards as well. It's also nominated for Popular Actress um, and Best Music at a few other awards as well. So that's where we're at for this, this film. Um, it's hard because there's not a lot of context so far. So my early thoughts for this one, I think, is that... Um, this has everything in it to be an important and impactful film. Unfortunately, it, the conclusion, it concludes with such a sensationalist ending. It ruins most of the momentum that the movie had built along the way. So let's talk about some characters and some context of this. So realistically, if you haven't seen this film, this is, this conversation is not going to mean anything to you. But we're going to start with Nunky. Um, and Nunky is a songwriter doing really well at college seems to have some mental instabilities um, and is shown with medication throughout and has these visions and hallucinations which, which lead to the audience continually, continually questioning her point of view and the events that occur. Um, it is all revealed at the end. Um, and that sort of leads us to Dinesh, I guess, who... Oh, no, I'm not going to hold Dinesh off. We're going to talk about Tanu, who is the other female in this film, um, sort of the opposite of of Nanki um, on a scholarship, not very popular at university, and has a crush on VJ, who is Nanki's boyfriend. Um, and, and Tanu makes moves on him and alleges that he rapes her. So um, 
she's paid off, but she still wants her story to be told. And that's where this film sort of sort of goes. And, and we talk about VJ, who is this heartthrob, I guess. He's the son of a rich and famous politician. He's the lead of a band that Nunky writes songs for. You know, he's got money. Um, he sponsors kids' ed- education places. And he's young. Um, he's the perfect example of privilege and, and someone who gets away with what they want. Um, and, and girls swoon over him. And obviously... This is that that line that they're discussing or trying to comment on is what what's that line between consent and and what's not consent? Um, and Dinesh is I, mean, I was going to talk about Dinesh before, but I'll talk about it now. He's this lawyer that's hired by VJ's family to defend him, um, and he sort of pushes around towards the end and sort of works out or is a little bit disgusted in the work that he's doing because of money and privilege. Um, and the same with with Nunky. Um, you know, she's been taken in by this guy called Doctor Roy. Uh, he took her in as a 13 year old acted as her guardian he's the leader one of the leaders at the university that she goes to um, all these kids go to so this is a bit of a summary of the characters I guess and um, and we'll talk about some scenes in a sec I'm just going to touch on the director Ruchi Narain Um, this is his third feature for me Um, uh, sorry her third feature for me I guess this, this movie's got a lot about feminism in it as well and I think that I was expecting the director to be a man um, because I, it, it, there was a lot that sort of didn't sit right with me um, the way it was discussed. It was almost like it was missing the female touch that I sort of expected, uh, which was interesting. But we'll lead into the scenes, um, the ones that I liked. So I think it, it, this is hard, this film. Like, there's no real standout scenes for me because I enjoy. I did. I enjoyed a lot of the film. I think the storytelling through the interview process, they, they, they go through interviews with a lot of characters. There are so many characters in this film, but they interview a lot of people about the the night or the night of this alleged rape and I think the interview process and the flashbacks were done really well that was good um and then the other thing that I found really really good was the credits at the end the visuals and the colors of the credit that were that credits that were amazing they were really good so highly recommend sitting through the credits just to watch those as well um leads me into some things that I didn't necessarily like so I think the whole idea of, of how Me Too is discussed throughout the film especially at the start it was really jarring um and I guess you've got to show both sides. It just maybe it was in the translation; it didn't come across as well or meaningful. Um, the the first and it's an Indian film. We do see a lot of songs in Indian films. Um, the first song in this one had no subtitles, and that's one of my main concerns in in these films. Is when we get songs in native languages that we don't, because I always listen with the actual audio, not in a dub version. So would have loved the subtitles on that at least. And this is a bit of credit, I guess, at least. The, this song was the only one that didn't have the lyrics on the screen because the rest of the songs did. So that's a positive. Um, the message of this film, it was clear. Men are gross. The context, or these further context just of these random men in society that we saw were a little bit too much. There was a guy masturbating in the subway and there's this other one that bumps sort of sexually into Nunky later in the film. They weren't needed. We already got the context of what was going on in this film. Um, the whole reveal at the end of this character KP vomiting um, because of the assault that he saw, because he doesn't drink on days that they have gigs. It just wasn't a good reveal. There was no prior idea or thought as to why, because we keep seeing this in flashbacks. So I just thought that was a poor reveal. And then finally, I've got to say, the whole end of this film, where they're on stage at this big show, it ruined anything the film had built before it. I hated the way that Nanki spoke to Tanu on stage. The focus really should have been on Tanu. But then it sort of turns into Nanki telling her story too. And I get that's fine. There are lots of stories to be told. 
but you've got just focus on the one story. It makes it more impactful. This is a film. Um, and then the lameness of VJ trying to leave the stage while everyone's sort of chanting at him saying, you know, shame, shame, shame. And there's no arrest. He can just walk off stage and walk through a crowd and everything's all good. We want, I want to see like the actual impact of what this guy's done and well we've seen the impact of what he's done but i want to see the the implications and the consequences that he has to face now which we didn't get as an audience which was very disappointing um and obviously i said there's lots of themes in this lots of ideas so me too the idea of sexual assault defamation who's telling the truth this is all touched on and it ties in which we see a lot in a lot of these international films that we've done the the indian culture and, and toxic masculinity the idea that if a woman shows a man she's interested that mean or must mean that She's given her consent for sex. I mean, the question they ask is Indian society ready to listen to these stories or will too many people remain silent, which is unfortunately what's been happening. Um, they do touch on classism in this as well. The idea of privilege, um, the privileged, they can pay their way into school. They can pay for lawyers. They can pay for settlements. They can pay for huge parties. What chance do others have to tell the truth when they don't have the money or the financial support that others do? And, and two, feminism in this film as well. I mean, they're... There is a difference between boys and girls. It shouldn't be that, you know, um, guys can just manipulate women whoever they want. Men are gross. They want power. And we've seen this in a lot of films and it needs to change, obviously. So, you know, credit where credit's due. This, this film does try to touch on these issues and try to say we need to change. Um, and two, the, the idea, a lot of these stories were told on social media. Um, social media does have benefits to push these causes and get stories out, but there's also dangers of that side as well. Um, all right, what did I take away from this one? I think that while I, they believed they were making a film that was sort of leaving it up in the air to the final moments for the audience to work out who was guilty, I think it was it was pretty obvious with VJ. Um, but the turn right at the end, like that quote I mentioned at the start on everyone being guilty, I thought that was nice, that was nice. Um, and I guess this sort of came in the scenes too. A lot of the dialogue really frustrated me. And I'm not sure if it's that loss of translation, but it seems sort of counterproductive at times to the message of the film. The whole idea of it being women's fault seemed to resonate too much. It was like they, they kept putting that, that idea or that's what people are thinking in it. And it made me wish that this film used a different way to address it. And I think this could have been an excellent film. I just don't think it was done quite in the right way. Um, we have a segment where we, we talk about IMDb. Did we jump on to IMDb to look anyone up? Um, I didn't. I, I, I did look up, or as I was researching this film, there's this idea of the Rashomon effect, which I thought was interesting context for this film because it's a storytelling and writing method, and I didn't know this one, um, in cinema where an event is giving, uh, was given contradictory interpretations or descriptions by the individuals involved which we see through the interview process and, and the victims and things like that. Um, and it provides different perspectives and points of the same incident. So the term actually comes from the 1950 Japanese film, uh, Rashomon, and it's used to describe the phenomenon of unreliability of eyewitnesses. So this film obviously highlights that. And um, I thought it was an interesting term to sort of associate with this film and something that I've learned from uh, watching this film as well, which is cool. Also, I thought it was good to note that... Um, you know, two movies that we've covered in a row, um, all the bright places and this one, they both reference uh, Virginia Woolf and feminism too. So cool little touch there that two Netflix films in a row. Um, okay, I think I'm ready to wrap it up. I think we, we give the, the film a rating out of five. Uh, for me, a, a real important message. 
the heart of this film. It's in the right place. It just doesn't quite hit the right notes with the dialogue, with the performances, or the subtlety of what they're doing, especially that concluding scene. Um, if you wipe that concluding scene off, you've almost got a, a much better film. Um, I'm giving it. I'm still. I'm going to give it two and a half out of five, which isn't too bad. So. We are on social. We've got Twitter, we've got Facebook and Instagram. Please do jump on, give us a follow, give us a like. The question I wanted to put up with this week's episode is how can we make speaking up an easier thing to do? I don't have an answer, but that's what this film is about, is about speaking up and getting the truth out. So how can we make it easier for people to not feel like they're being put down, questioned, criticized? How, how can people say, this is what's happened to me, let's address it, rather than people questioning the actual um, you know, idea of speaking up and, and saying your truth. So don't have an answer, but maybe someone does. I'd love to hear your thoughts. We're back next week. Next week we have a comedy. So a big switch in genres. It's from 2020. Um, it's an action comedy called Spencer Confidential. This one is directed by Peter Berg and it stars Mark Wahlberg, Winston Duke, Alan Arkin, Eliza Schlesinger, Bokeem Woodbine, Donald Carone, Mark Moron, and Post Malone. So um, excited to check that one out. Remember when it came out, left it there to, to cover on this podcast. So it'll be good for us to actually chat with MJ next week about Spencer Confidential. As always, thank you for listening along, joining in on the convo, and we'll see you next week.